Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. In today's episode, we begin with a guided meditation. And this meditation is one that I return to again and again when it comes to healing trauma. Whenever I find myself in a trauma trigger or I'm super anxious, anytime I find myself leaving my body, feeling a little bit checked out or numb, this specific kind of practice of really returning to the body, exploring what this moment feels like in the body is a hugely important step when it comes to healing. So enjoy this practice, the first 20 minutes. It's a pretty sizable meditation today, so make sure you have a comfortable space to sit down, breathe, and close your eyes. From there, we go deeper into talking about trauma and how the body responds to it. Chances are that the experiences that you've had when you were young, heavy, overwhelming, traumatic things that came your way, that they're still showing up as different kinds of patterns and felt experiences in your life today. So in this episode, we really talk about that, how we can recognize what those patterns actually are. What are those wounds and what sorts of coping mechanisms do I use? Most important thing of all, what are some resources I can go to when I notice that I'm checking out? What is something I can do to go further down this beautifully hard, challenging, amazing path of healing? I hope you enjoy this meditation practice and that you enjoyed this episode. Let's dive in. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. My darlings, my darlings, my darlings, how are we doing? It is the end of November. It is almost officially the last month of 2020. <laughs> I feel like we have we have been on a on a on a big journey together this year. We are still on a big journey together this year. And it almost feels a little bit bizarre right now that it's so close to December that it's almost Christmas time that it's almost the end of the year. 
I don't know, who else remembers setting intentions for New Year's last year? That felt like five minutes ago. I mean, it's like the whole the whole big chunk of time where we were in quarantine or isolation or all the drama and the wild things that have been going on. It almost feels like that time didn't really happen or somehow it was like we were in a weird little time warp. I still feel like we are in May or something like that. Like it kind of feels like the chunk of time, April through August, like didn't really happen. Like it wasn't really there. <laughs> I don't know. So how somehow we are at the end of November right now. I just find it totally wild and, and crazy. And wow. <sighs> Yeah, it's 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 been a year and we've been on a journey and we're still on that journey together. So I uh, I'm excited that I get a, a chance to just have an episode between me and you this week. I've had some really amazing guests on the show last couple of episodes, which has been wonderful and so inspiring. And I was just thinking back to the guests I've had on the show this year. I've learned so much from our guests and so grateful they've been here. And I also really love these opportunities to just share from the heart, to sit down and record this podcast without a plan, which I'm realizing most people don't do that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's maybe a bad thing or a good thing, or I, I know most people who have podcasts this size spend a ton of time, you know, researching and planning for episodes, which I do when I have guests on, but I don't when it's just me. There's something about just approaching this, this podcast as a sharing for me that I really, really, really deeply appreciate. It doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like something I have to put on pants for, you know, it doesn't feel like something I have to, a role I have to play or something I'm presenting or performing or sharing in this idea of, of, you know, whatever this podcast is, but I feel good about the fact that I get to sit down and just share from the heart when I have this, this opportunity. So glad to be here right now. That's where I am. Before we dive deeper into this episode, how about we take a moment to ground, a moment to breathe, a moment to arrive. So wherever you have found yourself in this moment, you can hear this, right? You, this is, <laughs> what is happening? Okay, I suddenly have Christmas music playing from somewhere in this room and I have no idea how that happened. Like I, I'm literally sitting here. I'm not holding a single device. I am just sitting here in my podcast chair and all of a sudden it's Christmas. So let's see if I can figure this out. I'm going to go ahead and guess Leia is somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> Oh my God, this is the best. Okay, I was able to pause it. I, this is amazing. Okay, we're going to keep this in this episode. I really love this. So my guess is right now, we have this sound system in our house with different speakers in different rooms, and it's all through Wi-Fi and on an app. So I'm guessing that Leia just went on Dennis's phone or something and that she somehow turned on Christmas music in my <laughs> in my podcast room, which for me is just, I don't know why that made me so happy. That just made me so happy. <laughs> who else is really excited that it is Christmas time? And who else felt like this moment for this meditation, we needed a bit of Christmas spirit? I don't know. 
I know in the US, like this is kind of Thanksgiving time right now. I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. We don't have Thanksgiving here. So we have, we've gone straight into Christmas mode a little bit early. I got to admit, we already have a, a tree downstairs and you know, this is just, that was lovely. Thank you, Leia Luna, for providing us with a little bit of a soundtrack for our meditation practice. <laughs> okay, 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 here we are. So let's take a moment to arrive. Okay, so a moment to tune into the body, to find some some space to just just notice what's going on inside of us now. So wherever you are, if you have space to sit down, Sometimes we are exhausted, you know, whenever we get presented with these opportunities to tune in. So if it's in this podcast once a week, or maybe you listen to the Yoga Girl Daily podcast, other moments that come across your, your, you know, that you come across in your day, maybe through social media or taking a class or however it happens. Sometimes we get this intuitive longing to just lie the hell down. To literally just collapse onto a couch or I'm doing this thing now once a day at least where I use my bolster at home, my yoga bolster and two blocks and I prop myself up in this semi-reclined space to just release and it's so beautiful. 10 minutes of that and I feel like a new human being. So trusting in your body right now and just giving your body what it needs if it's to lie back, to lie down, to sit up tall, to stand up, you know, whatever is is, is intuitively true for you. Listen to that. And then we'll close our eyes and right away, right away, right away, let's come to the physical body. So the physical experience of your body right now. What does it feel like to just be here? Hmm. How is your body doing right now? And you can also check in, you know, how has your body been lately? Not just in this exact moment, but just the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, this week, maybe. How's your body been? It's very, very natural and normal to experience this cyclical nature of the body, that the body moves in cycles. Our well-being is going to move in cycles as well. So perhaps you are in a cycle right now where the body isn't feeling amazing. Maybe you're in a cycle of a lot of tiredness. Maybe you're in a cycle of tension, maybe some pain, maybe injury, maybe disease or illness. Just checking into that space. Maybe you're in a cycle right now of feeling fantastic, you know, of feeling really strong and super energized and really, really healthy and just physically you're feeling good right now. Notice those, the duality or the perceived duality between those two areas or those two levels or qualities of being. We, of course, label one as bad, right? We don't generally want to feel pain. We don't want to feel tired. We don't want to feel uneasy or low. And we're constantly sort of looking for this feeling of feeling good, this high, this energy, this feeling of strength and space. But noticing how you are approaching what it feels like for you to be here in this body right now. Because oftentimes, and more than we know, I think, we actually affect how we feel in our body from how we look at the body from this lens of the mind. So oftentimes we feel a little bit lower, we feel a little bit tired, and then the mind tells us, oh, this is bad. I'm in a bad space right now. I'm in a low space. I shouldn't be feeling tired. I shouldn't be in pain. I shouldn't be 
feeling tight or sore or whatever is going on. And then that, that approach, right? That tension that we create from the mind, that judgment, that inability to just accept that this is where I am, that inability to tell ourselves it's okay. It adds another huge level of more tension, of more tiredness, maybe of more disease, more illness, more pain. It adds another layer of challenge on top of that. So notice if that's where you've been or that's where you are. I know a lot of us are struggling with the body right now. A lot of us are struggling with not being able to move as freely, maybe being more isolated again. It's getting colder outside. We're not in as much sunlight as we used to be. You know, all of these things, they of course impact how we feel. So just notice as you arrive right now, if you have been labeling tiredness or pain or just a lower vibration or just a softness, maybe if you've been labeling it as bad, as something that shouldn't be there. And also if you've been in the space of feeling strong and spacious and energized, if you've been really labeling that as good and that this has to be the way it's supposed to be, it's supposed to stay this way. Cause there's a bit of tension in that too, right? Clinging to a certain state within the body which usually just means that instead of allowing the body to have that cyclical nature to go from high to low, from strong to weak, from energized to tired, you know, it's totally natural to flow between those states all throughout the year and also all throughout the day. And maybe we've become a little bit rigid in our own perception of what the body is supposed to feel like. So if that's the case, and I'm sharing that now because it's definitely the case for me. I do this to myself all the time. And if that's the case, just see if you can soften a little bit right now in the body and give yourself permission to just feel what you're feeling. Give yourself permission, give the body permission to be everything the body is. And I say that fairly strongly right now, you know, give the body permission to be what the body is because we have been so conditioned to go the other way. We've been so conditioned to resist the body, to not accept, to not allow, to not embrace, to not love the body for what the body is. So what would happen right now if you actually gave your body permission to be the way it is right now? Meaning you don't have to lose any weight meaning you don't have to gain any weight, meaning you don't have to be more fit. Your body doesn't have to be more toned. You don't have to be stronger than you are right now. You don't have to be more flexible than you are right now. You don't even have to be more healthy than you are right now. What if in this moment you could give yourself complete permission for the body to be the way the body is? with all its softness, with all its angles and sharp edges, with all its skin, with all its stretch marks, with all its dimples and cellulite and wrinkles and everything your body has and is. Everything your body weighs, everything that stretches and moves and folds in the body everything the body is right now. 
What would happen if you just let that be okay? If maybe for just a moment you stopped resisting the body. And this is a challenging thing to do because we've lived an entire lifetime of something else, right? So especially right now, if you are experiencing pain, physical pain, if you are experiencing injury, if you are experiencing illness, sickness, disease, struggle in the body on that physical level, and also if you've been experiencing a lot of self-loathing or a lot of hate or judgment or this heavy negativity around the body, if you have been resisting the body in any way, because all of this is resistance of some sort, especially then, contemplate right now, what would my life be like if I let myself be the way I am? If I stopped fighting my body, if I stopped thinking that my body is supposed to be something it's not. And if instead, right in this very moment, I could just take a deeper breath and let my belly fill with a little bit more space. And as I exhale right now, if I could just soften into this place of acceptance, of recognizing my body for what it is, of honoring my body the way it is. And it's almost like putting that down, that idea that I should be stronger, I should be healthier, I should be skinnier, I should look younger, I should be more fit, I should be different, right? That's, that's basically the, the core of it. I should be different. There's something that isn't quite right. And there's something I could always improve. I could always fix. When we put that down, it's bigger than putting down just a judgment or putting down just a thought pattern. Putting that down is putting down the years of conditioning that you've spent holding this tense, tense resistance for the body, which is huge. The weight we carry energetically resisting the body and what the body just is is bigger than we can than we can actually understand, I think. And I think it takes a huge amount of energy and time to hold this resistance all day long. We think that the judgment or the hate or the resistance, it's the default, right? Because it's what we know, it's what we've been taught. But the default, the natural way, the way we were born, that's what we see in children. You know, we can look at a child from birth and as they grow older and just see how, how a child just lives from the body, how a child gets to just be complete total, you know, have that experience of embodiment, of totality, of total presence, of just living life from the body instead of this outside looking in where we judge and we think about the body as something that's almost separate from us. As children, we live in these bodies. We don't even have to go to the area of loving the body because the idea of loving the body is also a little bit separate. We just are, you know, we're just here now. And essentially, if that's our natural essence, just imagine the amount of effort it takes to stay separate from that. The amount of effort it's taken us our entire lives to separate 
from that natural ease of just living from the body, of experiencing life in this body, of appreciating the miracle the body is. And I think once we start to sort of unravel all of this resistance and eventually we begin entertaining the idea of putting it down, it's freeing ourselves from much more than just judgment. You know, it's stepping into a whole new way of living. And what we can do with that energy, that time, that effort that we've spent separating, that effort we've spent trying to fix and change, that effort we've spent hating, judging, maybe even harming or self-sabotaging around the body. Imagine where you can put that energy and effort instead. What if we could all take the same amount of effort we spend or that it takes for us to resist and to hate and to shame and to judge ourselves and we put that toward joy? We put that toward pleasure. We put that toward happiness, just exploring happiness in our own lives. Imagine what our lives would be. So in this very moment, as you just breathe a few deeper breaths right now, just in and out of the nose, sensing in your body right now what this conversation or this, these vibrations, this idea of acceptance, this idea of just being here, of putting that resistance down. See what it's moving in your body right now. Because I really believe the moment we align with words and ideas and a narrative that actually is a little closer to truth, that actually aligns with something that we really long for inside, already there, there is a shift within. Already there, maybe the body can take a deeper breath. Maybe the shoulders can drop a little bit. The face can soften. The heart can soften. And we can sink a little deeper into our seat, just allowing the body to drop. Allowing the body to ground. And letting our presence go even deeper into ourselves knowing that the answer to all of this, it's not somewhere out there, but it's right here. The answer to all of these big questions and to how to make these changes in terms of finding more self-love and moving closer to acceptance and appreciation and love and living in the body versus judging it from the outside in. The answers to all of that, it's right here. It's in this practice that you're doing right now, of listening to what's moving inside of you, of breathing deeply all the way to the center of your own being, of feeling your feelings and allowing them to surface and be processed and totally felt. So if in your body right in this moment, see if there's a place in your physical body where you can actually experience maybe a little more presence. If there's a part of your physical body where you can really sense something moving. And sometimes that manifests as just a little bit of warmth, maybe a shift in temperature, maybe a coolness somewhere. It can be like little bit of goosebumps or just a tingling sensation somewhere in the body. 
or something different that only you could describe as yours. You know, that feeling of felt presence. It may be in your body as a whole or maybe in a specific body part right now. So for me, if I move deeper into my own body in this moment and I just notice that felt sense within the body, right now I can sense it in my belly. Actually, I can sense some some presence there. It's like a little bit of coolness that moves gently left to right, right in my lower belly. I can also sense some presence in my, in my right shoulder right now, which is an area for me where I've been experiencing some physical pain lately. But if I get really close to that right now, I don't actually feel pain. I just feel warmth, almost like my shoulder has a heartbeat of its own. That's what that feeling is like right now. So do that for yourself in your body, tracking that feeling, that sensation in the body and letting yourself linger there for a while without rushing to go someplace else or do something else or go into thought, but just staying with the feeling. And sometimes there's a bit of silence that arises around the feeling when we track things in the body in this way. So just stay right here. Don't go anywhere else. Stay right here. And the closer we get to these places, right? The more time you spend right here in this body, breathing this breath, feeling this feeling, this sensation right now, the more you do that, the easier it becomes to explore these areas. And the easier it's going to be to actually catch yourself next time you are in that judgmental space. Next time you separate and you step out of the body and you start to judge from the outside in. The more time you spend on the inside, the easier it's going to be to notice when you leave, when you step out. And that's a really beautiful thing. Not that the stepping away is a, is a negative or a bad thing in and of its own, but amazingly how when we bring presence and we notice the stepping away, that on its own is coming back. Noticing that, oh, I left my body just now and I went into this judgmental narrative. I left. The moment you realize you left, you're already back. So notice that as a practice and as something that you can return to again and again is notice when you leave and that that on its own in itself is the returning. And then you do that all throughout the day. You return, 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 return. Notice when you check out. Notice when you go to judgment. Notice when you start to think about the body as something that should be fixed or improved upon catch yourself in that moment and come back home. Return to the body, feel the body, breathe into the body, experience the sensation and allow what comes up to come up. You're doing a beautiful job with this right now. This is it right now. It's not so complicated or grand or difficult as the mind sometimes tells us that meditation or 
arriving actually is. You're doing it right here. So let's take a, another deep, long breath right now, all the way down into the lower belly and from there reaching the tips of the toes. Open the mouth and let go. Hmm. You can blink your eyes back open. Hi. <laughs> How beautiful. Hmm. How beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I say how beautiful for you to arrive, how beautiful for me to arrive, how beautiful for us all to be here the way we are, you know, meeting in these spaces and these moments that open up after actually arriving to the body. It's a different way to meet, you know, it's a totally different experience than approaching each other from the level of the mind or from this, from this more and I don't want to, I don't want to say it's bad because we live most of our lives that way. You know, it's the human way of, we have these big and very all important minds that run most of the day. And then somewhere along the way on this journey, we realize that we left the body behind. We realize that we're living from this place of conditioning and of ego and of trauma and things that have added on throughout our lives. And we begin that journey of healing, which really just is a returning to the body. That's it. I look at my daughter, you know, she's going to be four soon and just how she moves through life, her experience of moving through her day, how she's just right there and how she's been right there since the moment she was born. And I know eventually, inevitably, she will go through that same transition that we all do of growing older, of creating a big personality and, you know, beginning to separate, separate from, not just from, from me and from, from family and from our parents, the way we do as we individuate, right? We begin forming this, this world and this life of our own, but also inevitably at some point there will be that separation of the body where we step into the roles of, of who we think we're supposed to be. And for many of us, that transition didn't really happen so much as a transition, but it was more of an abrupt thing, right? It was being a child, being totally innocent, living in the body. And then oftentimes for many of us, something really hard came our way that maybe forced us to grow up really quickly or that forced us to, to separate in a way that was really painful versus in a way that was natural, right? Some of us were bullied when we were young. Some of us had this conditioning around the body told to us by parents, by teachers, by society in a really blatant way, you know, growing up with maybe parents who told you that your body wasn't okay, or you're supposed to, to look different or be different, or maybe even subtle little things that came out of love, right? To, to, to be mindful and to watch out and to, to not have too much fun, to not run too quickly, to, to be careful all the time. You know, we have all of these million different variations of conditioning sort of imposed onto us. And what I'm really 
my goal as a parent, if I can say there's such a thing as a goal or what I really aim for in parenting my daughter is for that transition for her to be as natural and soft and gentle and vulnerable and authentic as possible, you know, to not have to have that big wake up call, which actually is a bit of falling asleep. I think it's not so much as waking up as, as it is separation the way I, I can really remember that as a child, not feeling safe in my body experiencing different kinds of traumas and different kinds of overwhelm at her age already at the age of four where heavy hard things came my way that was out of everyone's control which was the beginning for me of of separating from that state of being where I was just living in the body and suddenly not feeling safe in my body and then from there not feeling good enough in my body you know at a really young age feeling like my body should be different or, you know, I, I felt too tall. I felt too skinny at times. I felt like I wasn't strong enough or fast enough. And I had asthma. So I always felt like I couldn't keep up, you know, when other kids were running and having fun and, and playing in big ways. And then of course, you know, how we all sort of, most of us at least get to that place as we are preteens or teenagers, where suddenly the body isn't good enough on a huge level right? Maybe we feel like we are too big or we are too fat or we are all, everyone else is developing in different ways and I am not developing the same way my peers are. And and then all of this messaging from society and media and parents and everything telling us that, no, you know what? There is something wrong with you. And I'm sitting with this right now. And I also, this, I felt this big need just at the beginning recording this podcast that I want to, I want to arrive. I want to share these tools of arriving in our bodies because I have been on this big journey lately around, around the body and around trauma in the body and contemplating a lot how I got to this place in life. You know, what this was like for me as a child seeing myself in my daughter, what it's like for her right now, just a big difference, that big sort of gap between how, how I grew up versus how she's growing up. And in terms of, in terms of the body, you know, how we look at the body, how I look at my own body and how I've looked at my body for most of my life as something that's a problem, you know, as something that, 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 that's always, that's always fixable somehow. Even when I can remember times in my life where I was judging my body less you know, because I've definitely had cycles of, of self-hate, of body hate, of, of big intense waves of my body's not okay, especially in my teenage years, but also into my 20s and also after giving birth and, and things like that. But actually in, in more subtle ways, you know, this separation from the body is more than, than, than the idea of, of body positivity, you know, it's okay to weigh what we weigh and it's okay to look how we look. But actually we separate from the body in different ways when we're really young, the way I did not feeling safe, for instance. So I had this experience and I don't know the first time I had this experience as a child, but where I experienced trauma, where something really traumatic and something really scary came my way. And the genius, and this is actually something that, that so, it's like an eye-opening thing for me to realize that what the body does in times of overwhelm, that often becomes a huge challenge for us to work with as we grow older and we look at it as something that we have to undo, 
For me, it was a trauma response that was a shutting down. We call it, it's, it's called disassociation, shutting down or numbing yourself. So when we experience a trauma, and a trauma doesn't have to be this idea we have of trauma in our, as adults, as trauma is something really horrible and huge that comes our way. Trauma is not defined by what happened or the actual material or, 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 or physical experience. The trauma is defined by how ready you were to receive and process it. Which is why for really young children, things that we as adults or older children don't even perceive as a trauma can be really traumatic. Whenever we have an overwhelm to the system, so something that we just don't know how to process or how to hold, it's too big, too fast, too much, too soon, basically. And for me, one of the responses I had to trauma as a really young child, as when I was in Leah's age, was disassociation, a shutting down, a numbing, a checking out. And this is an amazing mechanism that the body has that's actually put into place in this genius, genius, genius way. Because if I didn't have that as a coping ability at that age, what would have happened to my nervous system? You know, it's this really smart thing that the intelligence of our being does for us in times of overwhelm. We get to a place where, whoa, this was too much to take in. I'm going to have to shut down for a moment to continue functioning, you know, to continue living in my day to day. It becomes this smart, smart response of the body to just, okay, this experience is too much. I can't hold or process it right now, you know, and also our consciousness when we're really young, you know, it's more immature. We don't have the tools yet to cope with big things. So a part of our being goes, you know what, we're going to have to do this another time. Let me close this part off for right now because it's too much for me to take in, too much for my little young heart to actually process and hold. And it's important that we honor this, whatever responses we've had to trauma when we were little. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically-backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high-quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. Take two delayed-release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption, and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. 
There's a, so many responses that the body can go into when we experience trauma and disassociation is one of them. But it's, an, it's been an important thing for me to realize and to honor that, that this wasn't some stupid thing or something bad that I did or something, you know, purposeless or pointless that all of a sudden I had these experiences when I was little where I had to go numb. It was actually a really important coping mechanism, an intelligence of my own being that brought me to that place that kept me safe, right? Because what happened then, because I had that as a response when I was little and it became sort of my go-to response whenever things happened to me that were overwhelming when I was young. And because I had a lot of overwhelming and traumatic things happen when I was little, it became this sort of state that I, that I became used to somehow. And when you have a response to something overwhelming that becomes a go-to response, chances are we're going to grow up to adults and become adults who use the same go-to response in adulthood too. And this is something that, that is new for me to actually realize this this numbness, this checking out that sometimes happens to me in my day-to-day, in my adult life. And because it's been this unconscious thing, and I have have had a lot of other things that I've actually been really present with, that I've actually been able to, to, to work with, like this feeling of not being safe, for instance. I've been able to really recognize and be present with that and navigate that. Shame being a response I go to a lot. I've been able to really hold and notice that inside of my body contraction, what happens physically with my body when the trigger comes. But the numbness and the checking out is something that's, 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 a, that's been an eye-opener for me recently. And working with that has been this amazing, amazing gift. Noticing that if I look at my past and I have big chunks of time, not just when I was little, but also as an adult where I just can't remember stuff big chunks of time where I just don't remember anything. And I've kind of attributed this to, well, that's just my brain, right? I guess, I guess I'm just one of those people that doesn't have a very good memory and thinks that Dennis, for instance, can remember in intricate detail about big things and times in our lives. I can't remember. And this has been something I just thought was like a part of my regular personality. I just don't remember stuff. My brain doesn't work that way. And I've realized now that Oftentimes in my life where I've been in states of overwhelm, whether that's been induced by something traumatic, something really hard, something heavy, or stress, or pressure, or anything that's been remotely similar to past traumatic experiences that I've had, it's really common for me to go back to that state of checking out, to go back to that sort of disassociation, to go back to something that, that's almost resembling to shock. And because this has been happening in my life without me actually being present and aware, right? It's just been this thing that, that sometimes happens and it happens in a high functioning state. So I can go about my day or I've been able to, to go about my day and work and take meetings and go to the grocery store and all of these things while in a state of shock, while in a state of being totally numb. And I can see this now like feeling really calm about that because I did, I've done a lot of processing of it over the last couple of weeks. And I'm sharing this now because for many of us, this leaving the body, right? This idea of separating from the body and looking at the body from the outside in, it's not just about 
loving our bodies. It's not just something that's a part of the body positivity movement, for instance, about every size should be a, should be accepted and all of this amazing stuff and amazing work we also see on social media a lot. But this separation from the body often relates to traumatic experiences that we've had in our lives that can be bigger and deeper than the conditioning around the body is not okay the way it is by the media or magazines or, or things like that. And it's really fascinating to look at this when we start to go deeper on the journey of healing, to actually look at, well, what's been my response to overwhelm when it comes to how my body responds in those moments? What has been, ha what happened to my body when I was really little, when I came into overwhelming situations and as an adult or as I've grown older, or even now, when I find myself in a trigger of some sort of trauma, what happens to my body then? Where does my body, where do I go in terms of my body? What is the felt experience of this trigger in my physical body? And there's a thousand different things that can unfold. You know, for some of us, it's anxiety. It's become across a trauma trigger and we feel unbelievable anxiety, like this high kind of frantic energy, like it's impossible to sit down. It can, it can resonate or manifest as a panic attack. Sometimes it can manifest as this sort of, sort of going into an escape of any kind, like working really hard and becoming really frantic into, in, in something just to stay really busy, to not have to feel the feeling. It can manifest as grief, as this overwhelming sadness. It can manifest as physical pain, right? A trauma trigger can leave us with a feeling of physical pain in the body. And all of a sudden we throw our backs out or all of a sudden our stomach is acting up again, or all of a sudden we go into this pattern of the body hurts or something is bothering us. And we can make sense of it from this level of the mind. Like, oh, I hurt myself but actually it's really entangled and entwined with these really intricate, sensitive things that lie super, super deep within. So there's a million things that can happen and we're all super unique. And for me, what I realized lately is I go into this numbing place where actually I don't feel anything at all. And because I haven't been able to catch myself in those moments, the not feeling anything at all, that, that shock, that disassociation, it's become almost like I separate from my body entirely. And all of a sudden I lose consciousness. I lose awareness of what's going on in the body. I don't feel my body at all. I don't feel grief. I don't feel sadness. I don't feel anxiety. I don't feel a panic. I feel nothing. And feeling nothing sometimes can be a hard feeling to catch, you know, because there is that, that seeming disconnect between the experience that we're having and the felt sense of it, right? The actual experience of it. And the moment I realized that this is something that happens to me a lot, this is a place I go. I go into not feeling, I go into numbing. The, the physical response to me bringing awareness to the fact that, whoa, when I feel triggered and when I feel unsafe, I numb. It's been this, the best way to describe it, it's almost like, it's like, like there has been ice around a part of my being and it's melting. <laughs> that, I, that's, that's kind of a beautiful analogy. It's almost like a part of me has been frozen. And all of a sudden, when I consciously understood that, whoa, I've been disconnecting here. 
I've been numb here. I haven't felt anything here. I've been disassociating here. I realized that that's what I do. All of a sudden, the ice started to melt. And the cool thing about this is that all it takes to arrive back is to realize that we left in the first place. And my my revelation of this is, has been so big and it applies to everything. We think that to feel at peace, to find healing, the idea of enlightenment, the idea of oneness, wholeness, healing, all of this, we think it's this big thing outside of us. You know, maybe I have to go to a mountaintop in the Himalaya somewhere, you know, and, and meditate for 10 years and then I'll find it. Or if I only do enough yoga, I'll get there. If I do enough therapy, I'll get there. You know, it's always something on the outside. If I read another self-help book, if I do another thing, if I buy another crystal, if I, if I, if I, you know, and we start to accumulate all these things and all these ideas of what healing eventually is going to feel like when actually the healing begins the moment you realize that you checked out. The healing begins the moment you realize that you left. The presence is there, not the moment you reach some sort of peak in your meditation practice, but the presence is there the moment you recognize that your presence went elsewhere. So for me, that that recognizing that, whoa, I just left my body. Whoa, I I feel numb right now. That already, I'm back. (laughs) And being able to, to bring that kind of awareness into those triggering experiences is something that I feel right now is, is quite literally changing my life. And it's just like this practice that we did at the beginning of this podcast episode of being in the body, of being able to catch ourselves and be present with, whoa, I went somewhere else. Okay, let's come back. And to honor the fact that just noticing that you leave is already a whole new way of being. I've spent my entire life in so much work, you know, immersed in so much therapy and so much trauma healing, so many groups, so much yoga, so much meditation, not knowing that I have this as a, as a go-to, not knowing that there are times and moments in my life where I just completely check out, where I'm functioning in my day-to-day, I'm still a parent and a wife and a boss and all of this, but I'm not quite there. And it's oftentimes in those moments of feeling numb, and the trigger can be really anything. The trigger is anything that brings me close to the feeling that made me check out in the first place, which for me, my, I, I think it happened at an earlier age because I'm, I'm, really, I'm really digging now. And I'm a person who really likes to, to dig in, in my past. and <laughs> Not everybody does, but when my mom tried to commit suicide when I was four, I, of course, was this massive trauma, massive shock, like losing your mom, even though she, she didn't succeed, she's still alive, but it was this massive trauma and wound of abandonment, right? And of being left alone. And so I used to think that that's, that's probably the first one, but then I had, you know, my parents divorced already or separated in a pretty traumatic way before that, when I was even younger and I had an even younger consciousness, right? With other things that were hard to hold. So if I trace back, you know, this, this, this pattern of checking out, it's really, 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 really old. And it's a good thing that I did. Thank God we have these responses of the body where we actually have options, right? When we are in overwhelm, where we actually stay alive, right? We survive the trauma because the body takes care of us. And 
suddenly we become adults and we realize that, whoa, I'm still still using those go-tos. I'm still coping in the same way. But now the trigger, you know, that kind of brings me into that numbness, it's not life-threatening anymore. When I was little, my survival depended on me shutting down so I continue to stay alive, right? So I continue to move through my day as a child. But now I'm an adult, right? And the things that trigger me oftentimes, they aren't big things like suicide or death or abandonment or being left alone as a kid. They're things I can actually manage. They're things I am actually equipped as an adult to hold. But because I have this unresolved trauma there, because I have this uh, coping mechanism that I'm not aware of, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going numb, but I don't know that I'm going numb. It keeps happening as an adult again and again. So instead of being able to hold that trigger and go, whoa, okay, this wound of abandonment is triggered now by something pretty small, right? And actually, I can manage that. Actually, I can process this right now. I have a lot of tools. I have a lot of support. I have this big, mature consciousness now that can process this, but I'm not aware. So I go to that go-to coping mechanism and my body shuts down the same way it shut down when I was little, even though right now I don't have to shut down anymore. And the moment we become aware of that coping mechanism, of that strategy, suddenly there's presence there. Suddenly that ice starts to melt. And suddenly in those moments, I can feel my body again. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So I'm sharing this now because I know so many of us are because of things that are happening this year, super triggered constantly. I think there are people out there right now currently, like almost all day long, living in trauma triggers because of the magnitude of the wounds we had as children and the continuous triggering of them right now because we are in this completely unsteady place. Nothing is, nothing feels stable, nothing feels safe, you know. So you might think that, man, you're having a hard time because of so-and-so, you know, oftentimes we think that the things that is causing us to feel bad or to feel disconnected, to not feel good, you know, whatever the opposite of feeling good is, that the reason of that is something we can fix, right? Like raise your hand if, if you're in that place. Oftentimes we think that if only, if only I got a better job, everything would work itself out. I would feel better. If only I lost the weight, I would feel better. If only I looked the way in a way that would make society, you know, accept me more, then I would feel better. If only I had a partner, if only I had a soulmate, everything would work itself out. If I had more money, if I was more successful, if I, if I, if I, right. And that the list of those things, it's, it's just endless. And we, and we go into that mode of like, okay, let me frantically try to fix the thing that's broken in my life. Where actually the thing that's broken didn't break this year. The thing that's broken didn't break just now. It broke a long time ago. The thing that's broken broke when you were really, really, really little. It broke maybe 
before you were seven years old. It broke in that hard, hard thing that happened to you when you were little that you didn't know how to manage then, that was overwhelming then, and that's still overwhelming today. And every time that wound gets poked a tiny bit by the million things 2020 keeps bringing us right now, that same coping mechanism is going to kick in. And whatever it is that you do, if it's drink or eat or watch Netflix or completely disassociate and go numb or throw yourself into frantic work so you stay busy, 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 busy all day long, or you go into depression and you can't get out of bed in the morning, or you're just sad all day, or you can't stop crying, or you're in constant drama with every single person in your life, that there's always some fight, always someone leaving you, always someone abandoning you, always being cheated on, always being overlooked, not seen, you know, all the patterns that somehow we don't know why they keep showing up in our lives. It's like they feel completely out of our control, but they keep happening, right? Chances are all of this relate to that thing that broke long ago, but we don't know. And when we don't know, we go into this idea of I can fix it myself and I can do it right now. If I only, I only do this thing. I have that thought often. I'll find myself in now, because we're present with it in our relationship, Dennis can actually catch it and tell me. I'll go into frantic, like a, a very, very, very frantic feeling of, I have to fix my house or I have to fix my business. One of those two things. Usually, I don't know why those two are the go-to. Oftentimes it's the house. It's like, there's, I feel like I don't have harmony at home. And I suddenly start Suddenly from, from being really content for months, loving our house, I start to hate living where I live. Even though I'm super blessed, we have a great house, everything is beautiful and wonderful. I start to suddenly give Dennis lists of, look at everything that's broken. This door has been broken. The hinge needs fixing. Over there, we have a leak in the roof. It's been leaking since we moved in. That was seven years ago, but all of a sudden it becomes really urgent all the things that aren't good enough in my life, which sometimes is my house, sometimes it's my business, sometimes it's my family, my relationship, sometimes it's my body. All the things that aren't working become the most important thing. And I go spinning into this franticness of everything must be fixed immediately. And sometimes it means I actually go and go down the path of let me fix, 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 fix. And I immerse myself for days in this kind of crazy, frantic, super stressful pressure kind of like, oh my God, everything is broken. Everything is wrong. There's something wrong with everything. And now because we talk about this a lot and because I, I've been able to share it with him, Dennis can go, hey, honey, remember last week when you told me how much you love our home? how everything is so wonderful and how happy you are we live here. What happened this week? What, what happened today that made you feel like this? Everything is broken all of a sudden. And then I can go, whoa, wait, okay, okay. Hmm. If my house was the same last week and I loved it, and this week everything is broken and everything needs fixing, chances are the thing that needs fixing isn't the house, but it's me, you know. If last week I was, you know, sitting with, wow, I'm so grateful. Everything is so wonderful in our business. Things are going well. Oh, thank God. And this week, all I see is flaws. All I see is what isn't working. All I see what's bad. Chances are the thing that's bad isn't out there. It's in me, right? 
So the moment we start to recognize how as adults we still move into the coping mechanisms we used when we were little, whether that's getting extra busy or shutting down completely or any of the million things that happen in between, we can stop trying to fix our lives because fixing our lives isn't going to solve that thing that was broken long ago. And chances are when we go into that franticness of I have to fix everything, when it comes from this idea of nothing is good enough, no matter how much you fix, it's not going to fill that void. It's not going to suddenly bring about this feeling of wholeness and of absolute peace because it's a surface fixing. It's just a band-aid. You know, I could check off every single thing on that to-do list. I could retile the roof. <laughs> it wouldn't make me feel better. It would be a surface fix, right? And as long as I'm unaware of the fact that, hey, I was triggered by something really big, I'm in a trauma trigger right now. Whoa. Actually, I'm feeling totally abandoned. This thing happened and I feel so alone. I had this experience where I wasn't seen and it brought me to this place of exactly the same feeling like I had when I was little and it's terrifying and I don't know how to deal with it. So I go into this space instead. Whoa. What if instead of that, I can just take a moment to feel, give that feeling a little bit of space, maybe do that same practice we did at the beginning of this podcast. Stop trying to fix my house, my business, my life, close the door, sit down on the floor alone, place my hands to my heart and take a really deep breath. What is actually happening inside? And the moment I catch myself as, whoa, okay, I'm in that coping mechanism now. I've been numb for a while, actually, huh? makes sense that I've been numb for a while. I drank a lot of wine this week. Okay. Drinking wine is something that it's great to do when you're numb because it makes you number, right? And instead of beating myself up over the thing I did, you know, man, I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't have been fighting with Dennis about that thing, or oh, I shouldn't have been that frantic, or I shouldn't have, shouldn't have. I can bring some kindness into that moment instead and go, man, okay. Hmm. Wow. This wound is really present and it really hurts. <sighs> really hurts, really hurts to be a human being. Really hurts for me to be here right now in this situation. All of this unsteadiness really hurts me. It's pain I'm feeling right now. Okay. So what is a resource I can go to to give myself the space to feel the pain? And that is experience, felt experience in the body of one's numbing out and suddenly there's presence there. When the ice melts, I, I, I don't really know how to describe it. For me, the feeling is like when the ice melts, it's like suddenly I'm alive. And what happened after I had this big experience last week of finding myself in a big trauma trigger in the middle of numbness, and then in the middle of the numbness, I could start melting the ice. I could feel that. I cried for like a day and a half, <laughs> couldn't stop crying. The moment the ice started melting in that area, and I'm not sharing the specifics and the ins and outs of that exact situation is because it, it involves another person. And it's not really about the thing. It's about my response and my ability to bring myself back. And the moment I brought myself back, the ice started melting and suddenly I feel right? Suddenly I can really, 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 really feel. So the physical response to that in my body was, okay, I, I cried for like, I cried a lot <laughs> for a day and a half, 
my body started shaking, which is a, a sign of a of trauma release, just shaking, just all over, full body shaking for a really long time. And then I slept. <laughs> I just fell asleep. It was like my system was like, oh wow. And then I slept. And then <laughs> I shared a little bit of this in social media. And then a day passed or so. And then, you know, it's like when we have healing moments in our day, we still have day-to-day stuff. It's not like all of our lives end and, you know, we're just focused on the healing. Like I'm still working and doing things and still going to the grocery store and picking up my kid at school and, you know, making breakfast and all these things. All of a sudden, like a day or two later, I wake up in the morning with full body aches. The kind of pain, like I can best describe this pain as, now, I have never done an Ironman, but I, what I would imagine, imagine, imagine the hardest workout of your life, like using new muscles you've never used, running a marathon, doing an Ironman, doing a crazy CrossFit session or some sort of brand new, like full body intensity exercise where a couple of days later, you have so much pain, you can't walk that kind of pain, but everywhere. And I hadn't done anything. I didn't do an Ironman. I didn't run a marathon. I didn't even do a tiny bit of CrossFit. I did nothing. I just had my regular gentle yoga practice that I normally go to. I did nothing out of the ordinary and my entire body was aching. I had pain in my teeth, like in my actual teeth, in my jaw, in my face, behind my eye, headache, neck, upper back, shoulders, fingers and hands were hurting, my my hips, my legs, everything hurt. And for a while, I, I, I was just, I, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't tie it to something I had done with my body at all. So I was just super confused. And I kept, I kept looking. I was like, I was on my trampoline a little bit. Is this a response to that? Because I didn't feel anything else, right? I didn't have any internal sort of, it was almost like, like a bone breaking kind of fever where your body just aches, but I had no fever no sniffles, no cough, no cold, like nothing, just physical, like in my body, in my muscles, in my bones. And it lasted for three days. For a while, I got really scared. I got totally terrified. Day two, at the end of the day, I went and got a COVID test. (laughs) Like that's the level of my like, what is going on? It was negative. And, you know, Day three of just realizing that I would wake up in the morning not knowing, am I going to be able to swing my legs out of bed? Am I going to be able to pick my head up off the pillow? Because that's the amount of pain. I stayed away from social media for three days. I I stayed away from my phone. I, I just, I was really scared, to be honest. I was really, really, really scared. There was a day where I was like, I don't know what's happening with me. Is this cancer? Is this some strange disease taking over my whole system? And all of a sudden, after three days, I woke up one morning and I felt like a million bucks. I woke up, this was yesterday morning. I woke up in the morning and everything was wonderful. I woke up in the morning and I felt strong and I felt, I felt amazing in my body. And it wasn't until I went to my practice in the morning and actually closed my eyes and sat there like, whoa, what was that? That I realized that this is the feeling of letting go. This is the physical felt sense of letting go. I had a big holding on in this old trauma that I've held my whole life. And I still have traumas and things to, you know, we were never done unraveling, but this thing was a big one. 
And I've been holding that my entire life. It's like my system has been in shutdown in this area of my being my entire life since I was really, really, really little. And holding on, it's almost like, like make a fist with your hand right now and squeeze it as hard as you possibly can. Squeeze, 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 squeeze the fist, keep squeezing, keep squeezing, keep squeezing, keep squeezing. After a while, your hand is going to go numb. After a while, the harder you squeeze, something's going to happen. There's going to be, there's, it's going to feel like a shutdown. You know, after a while, you're not going to feel your fist anymore, but you're still holding on. You're still squeezing and then release. And then notice in that release, this feeling of like unraveling and imagine holding on like that for your entire life, not on that level of making fists, but on some internal level, holding on, of course, letting go really hurts. So imagining, you know, in your own life where there is holding on and where maybe there's been holding on since you were really little. And every single moment that you have in a day where you get triggered, where that wound that led to the holding on, to the shutdown, to the panic, to the whatever is there, whenever that gets triggered and we think, oh my God, this is a horrible thing. This is so hard. This is so bad. That is part of the intelligence of your being, seeking out similar situations so that now as an adult, you can heal. How fucking amazing is that? How big is that? All those things that feel out of our control, like for me, my whole life, I always felt abandoned, always, by everybody. It <laughs> doesn't matter the relationship, friends, family, people, anyone I like, anyone I love, I, that's, that sense of abandonment would return again and again and again. And Oh, wait, now someone left me again. Wait, someone left me again. And for so long, I, w- I was wondering, what's wrong with the universe? What is wrong with the universe? What's wrong with me? Like, people just keep leaving me, and I have no idea why. And now recognizing that it's the genius of my being seeking out similar experiences in my adult life so that I can heal now what I couldn't heal then. So that now in this mature state of consciousness, I can have the experience and process it. Because when I process now, I process what was then. When I let go now, I let go in the way I couldn't let go then. When I find a sense of safety now, I extend that sense of safety to when I didn't feel safe then. So it's this amazing higher level of our consciousness that seeks out similar things so that we can fix the thing that was broken. Because the thing that's broken is not your relationship. It's not your house. It's not your body. It's definitely not your body. And we spend so much time going in circles thinking, if only I fix the thing, if only I improve this thing, then everything will work itself out and I'll feel good. And actually, it's like your higher level of consciousness is going, hey, it's not over there. It's in here. And look, let's, let's, let's go into another one of these triggers right now. Let's have another breakup. Let's have another betrayal. Let's have another thing, you know, get messed up in your life again, you know, without actually knowing why. Because maybe now, maybe now there's a different response. Maybe now I can find presence in that instead of shutting down. And I think, you know, of course there are things and most of these things happen completely without our control, you know, and it's not like we are making them happen, but there is this higher level of, of something genius now where I get abandoned again and this time I can heal it or I feel unseen again and this time 
I can address it and hold it and ask to be seen. And I think it's a, it's a really amazing thing when we zoom out in the big, big, big scope of things. How, how beautiful, how many times in my life, my, my being, my consciousness gave me opportunities to heal, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I didn't have enough tools. I didn't have enough support. I hadn't done enough work. I wasn't in the right place. And suddenly, before you know it, there you are. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast right now and there's something that resonates, that you are in this pattern right now. Chances are that, yes, there is a big wound. There is something big that was broken. And yeah, you have a coping mechanism that manifests today and it manifests all the time. And maybe you're resonating with these words right now because there's a part of you that's done with it too, that feels really ready to hold and to bring presence into that space, to start to recognize that, okay, here I am again. Okay. Instead of going into that fixing on the outside, how can I give myself space to just be with what is on the inside without having to fix anything at all? And a little note that most of this work, you know, we do this work on our own. We do this work internally, but we also do this work with support. So if you have been thinking about maybe beginning therapy, if that's a resource that's affordable and available to you, consider this your sign that, yeah, there is an amazing therapist somewhere out there that's just waiting to align with you just as a resource, as help, as a tool to go deeper inside of you and to navigate these challenging things. There are therapists, psychologists out there that focus purely on trauma healing. There's trauma release exercises you can do where you go into the shaking that allows for that vibration to happen from the level of the nervous system to release. There's meditations, there's books, there's practices, you know, but all of this trusting that you're doing a ton of it already and that everything is aligning in a way that's bringing you closer to home. Even when things feel like they're totally broken and totally fucked up and nothing makes sense. What if on the huge wide scope of things, you are being brought closer to home right now, right now. And the remedy is inside. There's a relief to that, you know, to not have to fix anymore or reach for the perfect thing. If only I found the perfect thing, then everything would be okay. But it's available here now in you. So in my body right now, after having this, <laughs> this experience, I still feel a bit of residue of that, like just a feeling like I, like I was on a journey, you know. And I also have this excitement inside right now around what else is there, <laughs> you know, where else in my life is there this holding on? And instead of that feeling really heavy and dark and terrible and awful and sad, it now feels really smart, you know, that there's this shadow side to our being that isn't bad, but it's actually genius. It's actually keeping us safe. It's kept us safe for a long time. And where we are ready to shed some light right now, things are going to start to unfold. So trusting that we are in the right place and trusting that it is the right time, asking for help when we need it, 
and continuing returning to the body again and again and again and again and again. Knowing that your body is not some problem to be solved. It's a miracle to be felt. Let's take a deep, deep breath right now into whatever is moving or stirring inside of you. Exhale it out. As we close this podcast today, if I can give a a little suggestion to transition from this podcast straight into journaling. If you don't have a journal and a pen by your side right now, then do it on your phone. Open the notes app on your phone and just write. Here are a few journaling prompts you can use for today. First one is something that's deeply challenging in my life right now is. Something that is deeply challenging right now in my life is. That's the first prompt. Give yourself a few minutes to write about that so you can really identify the thing that's actually triggering you, right? Why is it that that specific thing is so challenging and right now? Maybe it's a pattern, maybe it's something reoccurring, but take a few minutes to get really clear on what exactly it is. Second prompt, the wound that this challenge points toward is. The wound that this challenge points toward is. So what is the wound that actually is triggered by this struggle, by this challenge that you're in in your life right now? Is it an abandonment wound? Is it something around betrayal? Is it something about not being seen? Something about not being good enough? What is the wound that's being triggered by this challenge? So that means you'll be able to look at the struggle you're in right now with a much bigger lens. What's actually beneath? So if it's not just about the thing unfolding today, but it's actually tied to something really, really, really deep inside of you and in your past, what is that wound? Get clear about that. It will also bring a lot of perspective around the challenge that you're in right now. Maybe some of the urgency around it will soften just a little bit when we realize that, oh, it's bigger than that. And actually it's about me. It's mine. Okay. Next prompt. My go-to coping mechanism when this wound is triggered is. My go-to coping mechanism when this wound is triggered is. Spend a few minutes here just to navigate and get a little bit clearer on how do you cope when this wound is triggered, right? The wound that's tied to this challenge that you're experiencing in your life right now. When this wound is triggered, where do you go? What do you do? What happens in your body? What's the response to that wound being poked around? What's the feeling? What happens? What's that pattern that you find yourself in when that wound is triggered? Spend some extra time here because this is really, really, really important to catch yourself and to bring some presence in around. And the last prompt, a resource that helps me when I'm triggered is. A resource that helps me when I'm triggered is. So when you find yourself in that coping mechanism, whatever it is you're feeling, if it's shutting down or feeling shame or panic or anxiety or overwhelm or work or whatever it is, what is a resource that helps you that's actually helpful in those moments? 
for me, the number one thing is the reminder of the fact that, okay, I'm in my coping mechanism right now to just have that awareness brought in of this was my trigger already there. And then from there, journaling is a huge thing in the moment of it, of catching myself in that trigger and going, okay, let me take a moment to write about that, to just explore a little bit deeper, right? That's one of the resources for me. Another one, a hugely important one for when I find myself feeling numb or when I've been disassociating is to shake my body, shaking of any sort, movement, that activating my body in a gentle way without pushing brings me back home to my body so I can feel my body again. Those are two things that are really helpful for me. But I want you to really feel into in those moments when you are in that coping mechanism, what actually helps you bring you back home to you? What brings you here? Maybe you need a long hug. Sometimes it's really helpful to have another person there or to talk about what's going on. Could be yoga, could be meditation. We have on yogagirl.com tons of shaking meditations, meditation practices, yoga, all those things if you want to have an extra resource over there. But identifying what really works for you so that you can remind yourself of that in that moment and reach for it. So four journaling prompts for you right now if you have the space or later tonight when you have a moment to explore a little bit deeper. I would take at least 10 minutes for each prompt. So give yourself an undisturbed hour to breathe, to write, and to feel. So we take this work and we make it actionable, right? We begin to truly apply it to our day-to-day lives. And if you're wondering right now, you're doing a fantastic job as you are already right now. I love you so much. I really do. Thank you so much for listening today. Thanks for being here. I hope you have a wonderful end of November and a beautiful beginning of December. The Yoga Girl podcast will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com slash podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thank you so much to everyone at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.